Today on the Political Theory of Everything, I will be giving you your daily dose of news for today's date, Monday, November 22nd, but this time we will be doing eight articles and only two sources, one right-wing, one left-wing. The right-wing source is uh, The Blaze, and the left-wing source is CBS News. Uh, they will be different articles except for two of them, uh, which will be the, about the exact same thing, but we'll see how the wording changes from one source to the next, and we'll see how the, the bias shows up and how they push their own narrative inside of their articles. But until then, we will get started. Alrighty, we are going to get started with a CBS News article with the title, Investigators Find, quote, Overwhelming Evidence, uh, that Cuomo engaged in sexual harassment and that staff revised COVID-19 death reports. Uh, so, to start out the article, a lengthy investigation into a variety of allegations against former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has found overwhelming evidence that Cuomo engaged in sexual harassment. The investigation, which, authorized, which was authorized by the New York State Assembly Judiciary Committee, also concluded Cuomo's staff devoted state resources to the production of his 2020 memoir and substantially revised state COVID-19 reports to combat criticisms of Cuomo handling, uh, Cuomo's handling of nurses, nursing homes, battling the pandemic. The law firm that conducted the investigation, Polk, Davis Polk and Wardwell uh, LLP, was hired in March as part of an impeachment probe on the Assembly's behalf, but that effort was halted when Cuomo resigned in August. Uh, Cuomo's nearly three-term tenure crashed a week after a separate investigation by New York Attorney General Letitia James accused him of sexually assaulting or sexually harassing, sorry, 11 women. So, um, in relation to the sexual harassment, the report delves in uh, delves deepest into two sets of sexual harassment allegations made against Cuomo, made by a New York State trooper who worked on his security detail, and by Brittany Camiso, a former aide uh, whose groping allegation has led to a criminal charge filed by the Albany County Sheriff. Investigators wrote that colleagues of the trooper who accused Cuomo of sexual harassment corroborated her testimony. The trooper said misbehavior by Cuomo, including running his fingers slowly down her spine, running his hands across her stomach, and kissing and hugging her made, and making numerous inappropriate and offensive comments, according to the report. Investigators also cited new evidence that corroborates Camiso's account. She said in August CBS News interview, um, she said in an August CBS News interview, uh, the then governor groped her breast on December 2019. Um, in relation to COVID-19 nursing homes, uh, nursing homes, the report concludes that while state uh, reports on nursing home deaths at the height of the pandemic were released under the auspices of the state's Department of Health, it was substantially revised by the executive chamber and largely intended to uh, combat criticisms regarding former Governor Cuomo's directive that nursing homes should readmit residents that had been diagnosed with COVID-19. They wrote that the Cuomo administration chose to report only deaths that occurred inside nursing home, uh, sorry, inside nursing facilities, withholding those that occurred outside of the homes, for instance, people who were transferred to hospitals before their death. Um, that decision ultimately minimized the extent to which COVID was ravaging New York's uh, nursing homes in 2020, the investigation concluded. So the big thing there was that uh, Cuomo basically had his nursing home policies and it caused a massive number of nursing home patients to pass away. I believe that... 
in like July of 2020, the COVID, the nursing homes accounted for 80% or something like that of the the deaths on the East Coast, like along those lines. And, you know, the Biden administration, all of them were holding Cuomo as the gold standard to COVID. You know, this is how you're supposed to handle it as a governor. This That state's doing the best because, you know, he'd have his little PowerPoints that he never put together. Somebody else did for him that he would present. And everyone was like, oh, he's so good, he's so good. And then all this stuff starts coming out. And at first is ignored, and it's like, you know, conspiracy theory and all that. And then it ends up being true, as you can see here. And the numbers weren't even as low as he said they were, and they were already very high. And now they're even higher. Um, and so I think they're trying to find the full extent of which they um, actually are. Um, and then for Cuomo's memoir, even as COVID was killing thousands in New York, Cuomo began negotiating a deal worth millions to publish a book about his leadership during the pandemic. Uh, Cuomo has long said any staff who worked on the book were volunteers. A claim reiterated Monday by as a party, uh, the investigators concluded that state resources and paid staff hours were devoted to the book. Uh, he also... Um, his contract was guaranteed $5.2 million in royalty advances, plus additional payments if the book sold well. And then he also won an award, I believe, speaking of his presentations, uh, his COVID PowerPoints. He also won a, an award for those, uh, which we can see now is kind of ironic that, you know, he gets all these awards and all this praise. And in actuality, he was probably doing the worst. Uh, maybe Newsom, but probably doing the worst out of all the governors in the United States handling COVID-19. We move on to the next article. Title, about 300,000 workers to get a raise next year as higher minimum wage kicks in. Uh, more than 300,000 maintenance, security, and child care workers will get a raise starting next year under a new $15 an hour minimum wage for federal contractors, the Labor Department said Monday. The new compensation scheme stems from an April, April executive order by President Joe Biden that raises the pay of federal workers. Uh, the $15 baseline wage for federal work contractors also will be indexed to inflation and rise in subsequent years. Uh, the new pay floor takes effect for any federal contract starting on or after January 30th of 2022. Under the new rule, outfitters and guides on federal lands, as well as some workers with disabilities who can be paid less than minimum wage, will have their pay raised to $15 an hour, labor officials said. Um, uh, well... There you go, the start of the $15 minimum wage push that the left has been asking for. And we can see that on a federal level now, uh, will it happen now, on a federal level, for federal workers now, and will we see it happen to the private organizations or states doing this uh, with a $15 minimum wage? Um, I can't imagine all the states would do this because that doesn't make any sense, you know. Uh, the, the living cost is not the same in in Idaho as it is in New York. Uh, so I doubt you see this nationwide. But there is now the federal minimum wage up to $15. And the next article title, Fauci urges Americans to get vaccinated, boosted ahead of Thanksgiving as COVID cases rise. Quote, we've got to be careful, end quote. So as COVID-19 cases rise nationwide, Dr. Anthony Fauci is urging Americans to get vaccinated or boosted before traveling and gathering with their family for Thanksgiving. Um, we've got to be careful, he told CBS Morning. 
uh, in an interview on Monday. The warning comes as the seven-day average of new coronavirus infections tops 92,000, a nearly 30% increase in just two weeks, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hospitalizations are also starting to climb, raising concern about a potential new wave of infections during the Holloway season. Uh, the best way to avoid that, avoid that scenario is to get vaccinated. Um, he basically is talking about how the COVID-19, uh, you know, as you, as you get exposed to it more, you want that vaccine. But the thing is, it's been said by, you know, VCU medical center and all these places that the vaccine doesn't actually stop the spread. It doesn't stop you from catching it or giving it. It only stops your severe symptoms. So as we see here now, if he said that, but the idea that, you know, as everyone else is, it's transmissible as and yet the vaccine doesn't do anything when it comes to transmissibility. So that's kind of that's kind of something that's always said, but it really, it's not true. Um, but Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who also serves as President's, President Biden's chief medical advisor, urged the 60 million Americans who are eligible to be vaccinated but still haven't gotten a single shot to do so before the holiday gatherings begin. Um... He said that fully vaccinated adults should go get the booster that the CDC has endorsed for people 18 and older, even though we've only been vaccinated for a few months. Uh, in an update guidance, in an updated guidance on Friday, the agency said Pfizer and Moderna vaccine recipients, especially those 50 and older, can get a third dose six months after their second shot. Adults who received Johnson and Johnson vaccine can already get a booster two months, two, two, two months after their first dose. What's the point of getting the vaccine then? Uh, I guess other than less severe, but I mean, if you're at low risk, I don't know. Fauci said the definition of fully vaccinated has not changed and still reflects those who have received their initial single dose J&J or two dose regimen of Pfizer or Moderna's vaccine. But he said it's entirely conceivable that the, the government may ultimately change the definition of fully vaccinated to include a booster shot or two million. Oh, sorry, I added that word to include a booster shot. Uh, we will move on this data uh, when we get it. Boosting individuals dramatically increases the level of protection, Fauci said. Um, interesting. They still said, um, Fauci also said it's too early to talk about the idea of herd immunity because protection from COVID-19 wanes for the vaccinated and those who had the virus and recovered. Uh, it's interesting. CBS puts that in there, but they don't put it with a quote. So it makes me wonder how much of that he actually said. Because uh, none of it, none of that right there was quoted whatsoever. So I think that's them trying to push in like, oh, don't worry, it's not just vaccinated. It's also people who caught it. But I have never seen that before. And Dr. Marty McCary of John Hopkins even says that your antibodies from getting it are good. So weird. Okay, now we're going to move on to the two articles that relate to each other. Um, both of them have to do with the January 6th committee uh, and them subpoenaing uh, sub uh, and those subpoenas that they gave out to Alex Jones and Roger Stone. But I'm going to read the two titles um, and you can hear the difference. So CBS said, title, House January 6th committee subpoenas Alex Roger and Roger, Alex, sorry, Alex Jones and Roger Stone. And then Blaze said, January 6th committee issues subpoena for Roger Stone, Alex Jones, and three other Trump associates. So not 
a very big difference there in the titles. Uh, going into the article, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol has issued subpoenas to one-time Trump ally Roger Stone and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones as a part of their investigation. The committee is demanding records and testimony from Jones and Stone, along with three other witnesses the committee believes had knowledge of the planning and financing of the rallies and assault on ca- on the Capitol. The latest subpoenas come after former Trump, former Trump political strategist Steve Bannon was indicted by a federal grand jury for defying the committee's summons. Bannon has not not pleaded guilty. That's the first paragraph from the CBS. And I'm thinking we could just go back and forth between these two uh, for comparison. So this is uh, the blaze in their first few uh, paragraphs. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th rioting at the U.S. Capitol issued five more subpoenas on Monday, including that to Roger Stone and radio talk show host Alex Jones. So boom, you see those two right there already just in defining who they are, including Roger Stone. Yeah. But then CBS says, conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, while The Blaze says radio talk show host Alex Jones. The newest round of subpoenas add to the nearly two dozen that the committee has already issued. The other three people that were subpoenaed were that uh, were issued subpoenas were Dustin Stockman, who is said to have organized protests against the results of the election, his fiancee Jennifer Lawrence, and Taylor Budowick, a spokesperson for the former president Donald Trump. Uh, so now we'll go back to CBS. Um... Uh, in a statement on his website, Stone said that he had not yet been served and, quote, have not seen all the details that I may be asked to provide for, or what information they want for me, and, quote, Stone insisted that he, quote, had no advanced knowledge of the events that took place at the Capitol on that day, end quote, and said any statement that he has is, quote, categorically false. Uh, the committee is also subpoenaing uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, not the actress, <laughs> Uh, Dustin Stockton and Taylor, Taylor Budowich in connection to the January 6th rally in uh, Washington, D.C. The select committee notes Stone sa- uh, has said he was planning to lead a march to the Capitol from the rally at the Ellipse. The committee also claims Jones reportedly helped organize the rally preceding the attack. Uh, and we'll go back to the blaze and read from them. Uh, They have the same quote for why they were issued, but then it continues. The press release said that Roger Stone's testimony was being requested because he spoke at the rally today before the rioting and was scheduled to speak again after the violence broke out. Alex Jones had also spoken to the crowd of protesters the day before the attack, and former Trump campaign official Steve Bannon refused to answer the subpoena, leading to a vote in the House of Representatives to hold him in contempt of Congress. Uh, He was later arrested after a federal grand jury indicted him for refusing to comply with the subpoena. Bannon turned himself into authorities, but warned that the subpoena would become the, quote, misdemeanor from hell, end quote, for both President Joe Biden and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Um, The former president, meanwhile, has been in a legal battle to prevent the committee from obtaining his documents from the National Archives from his time in office. He has argued in court that they are still protected by executive privilege. So that ends the blaze. And now we go back to here. Last year, then-President Trump commuted Stone, a former Trump campaign advisor found guilty on all charges through an executive grant of clemency. Days before Stone was scheduled to report to prison, Stone was convicted of lying to Congress, uh, witness tampering, and obstruction. The Select Committee has subpoenaed a number of people who worked for the White House or were somehow connected to the rallies around the attack. Earlier this month, the committee subpoenaed former Trump senior advisor Stephen Miller and former White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, um, McEnany, Uh, among others. So you can see, uh, not too different in these, but you can just, just the slight changes. Blaze says, um, 
radio talk show host Alex Jones, while CBS News says uh, conspiracy theorists, just things like that. And one of these, the, even though the wording is slightly different, you can see it a lot more in bigger articles about Donald Trump and something that he did. Uh, so, you know, Donald Trump makes a move in Israel or something, and you can see the massive difference, even just in the title, between a left wing and a right wing, mainly from like CNN to Daily Wire, something like that. CBS isn't uh, that really that far left wing. They are moderately left wing. I'd say for the blaze, they're moderately right wing. I'd say the harder ones would be like, a Daily Wire, who they are, like they say, they're a conservative news network, and then CNN would be certainly be one of the far left ones, like the Washington Post and such. Uh, but there, there are those two articles from once again, first one CBS, and the second one The Blaze. Next up from The Blaze, uh, college post, a college post video of student blasting Rittenhouse verdict, accusing him of quote murdering two beautiful black lives end quote, except Rosenbaum and Huber were white. So once again. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was deemed innocent, uh, but the people that he, the two guys that he shot, uh, you know, the idea is that this was white supremacy or something, or you know something along those lines. But the two people he killed, right, uh, as you can see, because you know you can look it up, or were both white. And so when you see this, the college posted a video of a student blasting it, saying he murdered two beautiful black lives, when in actuality neither of which were even um, black; they were both white. So the the absolute misinformation coming through social medias and mainstream medias are abs is, is absolutely incredible nowadays where people have such a, a, a skewed look when seeing these events. They don't even, they just assume, oh, it's black people because they see it somewhere somehow. And as I read that tweet where he said it's an automatic gun, that it's just these blatant false sayings in the media them trying to push their narrative it was a full auto gun no it wasn't it wasn't an automatic gun it was a semi-automatic and they are extremely different things um but we continue on james madison university on its official instagram account shared a video featuring a student not only declaring the verdict in the kyle rittenhouse case but also accusing decrying sorry the verdict in the kyle rittenhouse case but also accusing rittenhouse of quote murdering two beautiful black lives end quote which is quite a feat considering the pair he fatally shot in self-defense amid rioting in kenosha wisconsin last year joseph rosenbaum and anthony huber were as white as rittenhouse um what are the details Tina Ramirez, founder of Religious Freedom Nonprofit, Hardwire Global, and Republican congressional candidate in Virginia, uh, Fox News said, shared the video from James Madison's Instagram page on Twitter. The video, as seen on Ramirez's Twitter page, begins with what appears to be an introduction of a student documentary about a, quote, a day in the life of Dequan Nichols, end quote. Nichols is a student who narrates the video. The clip cuts to Nichols decrying last week's Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, uh, which was not guilty on all five accounts. Uh, basically, decrying is publicly denouncing. Uh, quote, all the protesting, everything we went through in 2020, we really think we, we really think would make a change, but clearly it doesn't. We scream Black Lives Matter, but it does not matter enough for these people who are in power, the jury, the judge, anybody, to charge this man with murdering and taking away two beautiful black lives at the ripe ages of 26 and 36. It's disgusting, end quote. Interesting. Nichols doesn't mention the names of Huber and Rosenbaum, but they were the only two people Kyle Rittenhouse fatally shot. They were 26 and 36, respectively. Rittenhouse also shot and wounded Gage Grosskreutz, who testified he pointed a gun at Rittenhouse's head before Rittenhouse shot him in the right bicep. Um, 
uh, uh, JMU then responded and said, uh, told Fox News that JMU spoke to him and said, quote, um, uh, or not quote, that the video in question was part of its, quote, student takeovers, end quote, on social media platforms that are, quote, an opportunity for our audiences to learn about student activities and research, end quote. That is interesting. This is, so that right there, that video, you know, gave a look into JMU's student activities and research. Is that, That's what I got from it, at least. I don't know about you guys. That's certainly the first thing that came to my mind. A college spokeswoman, Mary Hope Vass, added to the cable network that, quote, one of the yesterday's takeovers went into the personal opinion and viewpoints of a student that are not necessarily reflective of the university. The video was exp- uh, the video expressing this opinion was removed from the university's social media account. End quote. Surprise. Um, this is interesting. Uh, it pulls up uh, other part other times that JMU has posted weird things. So this is from JMU's Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry. Uh, this is the tweet. Sitting in their apartment or jogging or wearing a hoodie. It's hard to focus on science if you're worried you might get deported or if your human right depends on the outcome of an election. The fight for justice is a fight for science. Um, interesting. It's it's really just the way that media has taken over uh, the, the, the minds of multiple young people nowadays through social media posting fake news. Um, which I funny, I just said fake news, but like posting incorrect news, not even fake, but in, I mean, honestly it is fake because they're trying to trick you, but right there you can see someone totally misguided. They genuinely think that it was two black lives that were shot and killed when it was two white. And it's not that one is greater or lesser than the other as they are equal. But the, the point is in today's climate, it shows that first off, there's many people are so deceived when it comes to the news and what's actually happening. And a lot of people don't actually understand what's going on. Um, there's multiple scenarios of this. And this is just a massive one that was posted on JMU's page, but the deceit that uh, the mainstream media goes through in order to completely shift narratives to make it revolve around what they want you to hear. Uh, but from The Blaze, again, we have two more articles for tonight. Uh, the next one is titled, Wisconsin DA admits Wakusha a Christmas Rampage suspect was released on, quote, inappropriate low bail. Um, <clears throat> the Milwaukee County District Attorney admitted on Monday that the person suspected of driving his vehicle into crowds of people during a Christmas parade in Wakusha, Wisconsin, Sunday night was released from jail on an inappropriately low bail. Daryl Brooks, who was 39, was taken into police custody Monday morning as a person of interest in the tragedy, which resulted in the deaths of at least five people and injuries to at least 40 more. He is suspected of plowing his Ford Escape SUV into the ongoing holiday parade, striking dozens of bystanders, including children and the elderly. Shortly after his arrest, news resurfaced that Brooks was also the suspect in multiple pending criminal cases, but had recently been released from jail after posting bail. Ooh, wow, timing. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported that uh, Brooks, quote, has been charged three times in less than two years with recklessly, recklessly endangering the safety of others, most recently in the incident which he is accused of running a woman over in his vehicle, uh, with, wait, woman over with his vehicle in Milwaukee. Um, according to the Milwaukee uh, County District Attorney John T. Chisholm, the suspect should never have been afforded the opportunity for release on such a low bond amount. Brooks posted bail on November 11th, just 10 days after the mass casualty accident. The state's bail, 
recommendation in this case was inappropriately low in light of the nature of recent charges and the pending charges against Mr. Brooks, said um, the district attorney's office. Uh, on November 5th, Brooks was charged with second degree recklessly endangering uh, safety felony bail jumping, battery obstructing an officer, and disorderly conduct for which a cash bail was set at just $1,000. On top of that, he had another pending case um, involving charges of second degree reckless endangering safety and felon in uh, possession of a firearm. Um, we continue on. Um... Chisholm added that his office is, quote, currently conducting an internal review of the decision to make the recent bail recommendation in this matter in order to determine the appropriate next steps, end quote. Uh, basically, this idea that uh, white people only get, you know, a lower bail or something like that, just white people get a better basically white people get better treatment within the judicial system is the big idea that's been pushed since Kyle Rittenhouse. And that's where we see uh, a Florida man was acquitted of murder charges the exact same day as Kyle Rittenhouse, an African-American, a 27-year-old black man, was acquitted of second-degree felony murder and three accounts of attempted murder of a police officer on the same day that Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, Coffey claimed, um, shot at the officers, but the, but told the court he did so in self-defense. Uh, Coffey is the name of the Florida man. Um, he was acquitted by a jury of the various murder charges, charges which set, uh, which date back to a 2017 firefight between a sheriff's office, special weapons and tactical team, and A.J. Coffey IV at his home in the 4,000 or 4500 block of 35th Avenue. Coffee testified he thought he was being robbed when SWAT began making entry during the 2017 raid. The officers allegedly broke out a rear window, then used a pole to detonate a flashbang. Uh, Coffee believed the pole was rifle and says he then shot through the window to defend himself. Uh, so you have that one. Um, but you can also just see how, for this guy, I mean, he got out on a $1,000 bail. Uh, previously, and just the low bails that are given, I think partially because they're all of a sudden, like, nervous, almost, the judicial system, to hand out bigger bails to minorities because of what's been happening lately, um, and you can tell they're a bit nervous about it, uh, but there's that uh, in relation to the driving event. Uh, there were a couple kids killed and injured, um, so certainly uh, not something that you like to hear about. So that leads us into our last article from The Blaze, and the title of this one, uh, Rashida Tlaib claims her bill to end federal prisons would not just release everybody. Axios fact-checks her to her face, points out her bill would do just that. A progressive quote-unquote squad member, Representative Rashida Tlaib, uh, reiterated her support for legislation that would empty federal prisons within 10 years in a recent review, appearing to be dismissive of the potential ramifications of that policy. Uh, she is a Democrat from Michigan. On Sunday's episode of Axios on HBO, reporter Jonathan Swan asked the Democratic lawmaker about 
about her support for the Breathe Act, a sweeping far-left reform bill written by the Movement for Black Lives that would defund federal law enforcement and the prison system. The proposal would also abolish life sentences, abolish mandatory minimum sentencing laws, abolish immigration and customs enforcement, cut the Department of Defense budget, and repeal the bipartisan 1994 crime bill. Um, this is where it's easier just to put in the video of them going back and forth so you can hear it yourself. So I'm going to go ahead and put that video in here, um, just for the ease of both of us, uh, in an attempt to follow the conversation as it would be very difficult. So here you are. In 2020, you endorsed as, uh, the Breathe Act which yeah. is a series of proposals to transform America's criminal justice system mm -hmm. and create, quote, a roadmap for prison abolition. The BREATHE Act proposes emptying federal detention facilities within 10 years. To what extent have you wrestled with any potential downsides of releasing into society every single person who's currently in a federal prison? Yeah, I, again, I think that everyone's like, oh my God, we're gonna just release everybody. That's not That's what, what yeah, says. but did you see how many people are mentally ill that are in prison right now? No, I know, but the act that you so endorsed we're gonna keep, actually says release everyone. But in, in ten, 10 years. years, but think about it: who are releasing? But there are like human traffickers. Oh, I know. Child sex. So, but I you're mean, saying, do you mean that you don't actually support that? No, you endorse the bill. No, I endorse the Breathe Act and looking at federal the policies and how we incarcerate. Absolutely. But it says in there. But you cannot. You cannot. You cannot just blankly say, oh, look, she wants, that's not what I'm saying. But that's like in plain text. But it? what I'm saying is look at who's in prison now. No, look at the I'm folks that are mentally ill, that I, have substance abuse but, problems. But I'm not have, disagreeing with you that there are people who, who yeah, should be in prison. Yeah, but then why are you asking me about them? You're asking me about the human no, traffickers and others that no, should, I'm trying should to understand. be no, 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 able no, no. to be What I'm trying to understand is your, your proposal is so sweeping. It does, oh, oh, it does release yeah. everyone. And what I'm trying to say to you Within is... Within 10 years, and yeah. obviously there's a process of looking at how can we get away from mass incarceration sure. and move towards care first. But what I'm trying to understand, because it is such a sweeping concrete proposal, do you believe that there are still categories of people who, who should are, be behind bars? There are absolutely okay. folks that I don't under, you know, I don't know, because right now the way the prison system is supposed to be like rehabilitary, you know, it's supposed to be rehabilitation, right? Right. No, really, that's how they, I they yeah. I don't think there's any rehabilitation happening right now for those that might actually have, you know, and again, a majority, there's so many that have mental health issues, other struggling issues. Do you think all people can be rehabilitated? I don't think so. I've okay. been very clear about that. Okay. Um, and I only tell you that because, they're, they're, you know, as, as somebody that has worked in the legal field and others, um, I don't even know if our society would even know how to be able to rehabilitate every single person right. that you know wants to harm people, right? right? Or, but I can tell you that what's struggling for me is seeing that the statistics about so many people that uh, at a very young age that are in there that probably would not have been in there but for the fact that they they were struggling with mental illness or other issues within their family life that I think, you know, they would have been more rehabilitated if we came with care first with it rather than criminalization. And that's just true. And, and I, it is not just me saying it, right. it is experts and others out there saying, this is actually, you know, not keeping us safe because folks are getting released and they didn't get the but, care but they in, needed. But in your vision, there is still um, 
whatever proportion they are, a small proportion who do need to be behind bars. Yeah, again, I would have to look at every case individually right. and figure that all out. I can't just say that. I mean, but you do believe that prisons I just want, still exist. But I want the form. American people to know, and they need to know this. Everyone in jail is not the same, because we always no pick the worst of the no, worst no, I cases. Agree. I agree. Yeah, but we pick up I the agree. worst of the worst cases, and we just blanketly... I agree. Please, I mean, I think that's really dangerous, because a lot of my returning residents are in block clubs doing amazing things, youth mentoring right now. I have one that all he does is encourage young people not to enter into gangs um, and talking about, like, this is what happened to me in my life. Uh, there are some that, you know, are going back to school and one just became a lawyer. I mean, you know, I, I just think that, that to me is much more inspiring than locking everybody up. So I thought I would let you guys listen to the entirety of that clip so that, you know, it wasn't taken out of context or anything for you guys. Um, but there it is. Uh, AOC has said a similar thing in getting rid of all prisons. She said, if you want to get rid of prisoners, let's just get rid of prisons. And that's kind of like, well, okay, well, duh. Um, that's, of course, that's how it works. You want to get rid of basketball players, get rid of basketball. Um, but there that is from Representative Representative Rashida Tlaib. Uh, and that is basically all the news. However, I'm going to give a uh, holiday update. Uh, Target, Kohl's, Walmart, and Best Buy plan on staying closed Thanksgiving Day if you are a late shopper. Uh, or you buy things last minute, just a heads up. Come Thanksgiving Day, those won't be open. So if you rely upon those, um, Thanksgiving Day, they are closed. So that pretty much concludes our news for today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Monday and a wonderful rest of your week. I hope you join us tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening.